Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Hope you all had a good weekend. Sorry I missed you on Friday. Bunch of stuff uh, kind of came together at the uh, just the wrong time for a Packers Daily to occur. So, hope you all had a good time. Hope you enjoyed the conference championships. I know there was a lot of grumbling about the officiating in last night's game and also the quarterback situation for San Francisco and the early game, and yo, San Francisco made their bed and they got to lie in it. I don't care. I like that's the NFL, man. You could have had a third quarterback active and you chose not to. You know, that's 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 part of the dice roll. You know, I I I have no sympathy for San Francisco. None. Now, does that have to do with the fact that they have rolled the Packers in recent memories? Uh, you know, somewhat, maybe a little bit of bitterness there, but I'd also say. You draw back and you look at it 30,000 feet. In the 90s, the Packers owned the 49ers. I mean, yes, they had the odd win here or there, but for the most part, you know, remember when Mariucci was hired, the, he, he admitted the first thing he thought was, how are we going to beat the Packers? You know, it, it's cyclical, and the 49ers are having a decent run right now against the Pack, and the Packers had a decent run against them in the 90s. I have no true animosity towards the 49ers, not like the Vikings or Cowboys, but yeah, no sympathy. None. Zero. Uh, it was fun to watch the Eagles beat up on them. Um, as for last night's game, man, Joe Burrow can only do so much. The protection that he had, suspect uh, though it was, just, you know, was not enough. And I love Chris Jones. I love that he absolutely dominated down the stretch of that game. I love that MVS is going to a Super Bowl, like I said uh, in the video I did on socials. Um and I'm really excited for Andy Reid to get a shot at his former team. I think a lot of people kind of forget in this internet age because since social media has become a thing, I mean, Andy's always kind of almost always, you know, been the coach of the Chiefs. I think some people forget that he was with the Eagles for a very long time and went to many NFC Championships games, which they lost. I mean, they got to the Super Bowl against the Patriots and obviously lost that game, mostly because he didn't throw to Terrell Owens enough. He should have had a. He should have had fifty targets that game, but you know I think people forget about that. You know the fact that he was a longtime head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm really excited for him to get a shot at his former team. Um, all that said, clearly it's not the same as having the Packers in the playoffs and/or vying for a championship. One of the things that will get them back on that horse, so to speak, is the play of their offensive line. And one guy in particular, Elton Jenkins, who I am really excited about. I think a lot of Packers fans kind of only remember his struggles at right tackle early on this past season. Clearly, the Packers made the adjustment after the Jets game where they kind of shuffled the offensive line and they moved him back to left guard to play next to David Bakhtiari off and on, depending on the week. But he played better at right tackle than I think people gave him credit for, including myself. In real time, during the games, he gave up a few third down sacks um, along the way. And those are drive killers, and that gets you frustrated, and it probably colors your perception of his performance. But as I've gone back and rewatched the season, he played better at right tackle than I think most of us remember. And I think overall, you look at the season that he is coming off of, and I don't think there's any question that, yes, it was great that they had him out there. There's no doubt about it. But, man, he suffered that ACL injury in Minnesota late in the 2021 season. And I think we saw the repercussions of that for much of this past year. 
I have zero doubt that he will come back next season, the 2023 season, and look like his old dominant self. Uh, you saw the progression throughout the year. He got better as the year went on. Uh, he ended on an uneven note, but so did most of the offensive line. Um, there were plays where I think he would probably tell you that he could have played, he could have done a lot better against Detroit, but there were also plenty of snaps that you can point to where he absolutely dominated and just wiped guys out. So I think that consistency will be there next season. And I'm really excited. I'm also excited that he's been named to the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl uh, games, I guess they're calling them now. The Eagles guard had been in the lineup, and now that they're going to the Super Bowl, he obviously won't be available. So Elton Jenkins steps in as the alternate. Really happy for him. Hope he balls out, so to speak, in this new uh, <laughs> Pro Bowl format. Hello to everybody in the comment section. Hello to TikTok. How you doing, TikTok? Good to see you. Uh, thoughts on Jair Alexander the last five games, just the last five games? Um, I think it's, you know, kind of the game I think we all probably remember or will look back fondly on is the game against Minnesota. Loved his aggressiveness there. Loved his physicality at the line of scrimmage especially. Um, but I think it's interesting to me that you look back those last five games, a lot of that post-bye week, were the adjustments made by Joe Barry, where they played a ton more, um, ton more eyes on the quarterback, a lot more zone, a lot more cover two, cover six, things of that nature that kept eyes on the quarterback. And I'm not entirely convinced that's the best use of this group, but they were effective, especially against you know Miami and the Vikings. They did a really nice job of limiting whatever people were the offenses were trying to do down the field. Um, and I think Jair is a big part of that. I do not doubt for a moment, though, that some of this offseason will be spent in Green Bay with that coaching staff, however it shakes out, because, you know, things are still in flux there. Um, but I think they're going to have to look at uh, tendencies and how they use Jair, because he's a real kind of, I don't even say unicorn, but he's well, he's a top five corner in the league. There's zero doubt about it. And I think at some time, at some point, you're somewhat wasting that ability. And the fact that you did pay him what you paid him, you know, if you're going to play a predominantly zone-oriented scheme, why do you need this corner who's great at press man, who's great being physical at the line of scrimmage? And you can be physical in cover two, etc. I understand that, but um, I don't think they got the most they could have out of Jair. And I would be very surprised if they don't explore kind of moving him around and moving him along the interior a little bit more, which is something they were I'm not going to say loathe to do last season, but they did precious little of it. And I think they'd be much better served if they got him along the interior and let him use his physicality a little bit more, both against the pass and against the run. Get him after the quarterback a little bit more too. I think he'd be a terror from that kind of nickel position blitzing. Think of Charles Woodson back in 2009, Utilize him a little bit that way. And I understand that's a little bit outside of the scheme, but get outside the scheme. That's what I'm I'm praying they do a little bit more of, especially since, you know, they're keeping Joe Barry. And uh, one of the things Matt said is they got to go every, over everything over with a fine-tooth comb. You know, let's get outside our comfort zone a little bit and use our um, use our personnel a little bit more effectively. I want to give a shout out to Adam Gilchrist. Thank you for becoming a Carry the G Club member. Really appreciate the support, man. Steve, that's very nice of you to say. 
Maybe Jair can take Quay to some goat yoga sessions. Now that's an actually Brandy. That's actually a really good idea. I don't mind that at all. Get a little more kind of centered individual, a little more sereneness in the man's life. I don't think that's a bad idea. That's bad at all. What else we got here, folks? What else we got? TKM is at his post. It's always good. Uh, What's up, TikTok? I feel like if Dobbs and Watson are healthy, we went six and two when they were both there. We won't need new wide receivers. Eh, well, they're definitely they gotta they have to get new wide receivers in so much as they don't have very many past those three rookies coming up their initial season in the NFL uh, under contract heading into the next year. Um, Alan Lazard is going to be out the door. Randall Cobb, who knows? I think that's somewhat dependent on the quarterback situation. Um, but outside of that, you know. There, there's no one there. The cupboard is bare. So I think they'll most likely look at free agency and the draft to bring in at least one or two more people. Now, maybe they like the kid they grabbed off the Seattle practice squad late in the year. Maybe they have a couple guys that uh, they think they can get from other places. But yeah, no, they're going to have to add some bodies to that room. There's zero doubt about it. Um, what else we got here? And Brandy Nags, is the offseason over yet? <sighs> yeah, it's only just begun. Joe, what's up, man? Thanks for Super Chat. Pack lost Adams and MVS last year. Might lose Lazard this year. Is is there an issue with wide receivers not wanting to stay here or with the Packers valuing wide receivers? As Brian always says, I think it's uh, all a big puzzle. And you're always trying to balance stuff. And I think Brian tried to have somewhat of a reset as far as the calibration of the strengths of the team last offseason, meaning he was trying to get the defense up a little bit to meet the prowess he thought was going to be on display on offense, always with the idea that I think everybody understood that it would take a bit for the offense to kind of find its way. Clearly, it took a lot longer than people were expecting, but you saw the promise there. You saw the trajectory. Um they need to get more on the defensive side of the ball, given what they've, you know, kind of invested. But yeah, no, I don't think it's a question of how they value wide receivers, though I will say, um, I really, really wanted them to re-sign MVS last year. They, as I said, it was, you know, partly about resource allocation. They wanted to have Devondre back. They wanted to have Rasul back. And that's where they chose to spend that money, right? I think they aired there a little bit. Um, and it's, you know, the idea of getting everybody back, running it back, so to speak, quote unquote, is always great. But I think Brian, like I said, was trying to kind of even things up with the entirety of the team. Um, I think losing MVS was a bigger deal than people probably gave it credit for. I talked about this, I think, last week. Um, you look at the games that he missed, you know, those those games where he's in the lineup, they perform a hell of a lot better than when he's not. And it's not necessarily meaning like he's this great talent that, I mean, people are talking about the game last night and yes, he was very productive for Kansas city, but it took a number of injuries and a number of things to happen for him to even get that opportunity in Kansas city. Whereas in green Bay, I mean, he was bonafide number two, you know, right outside of Devante. And the fact that people had to roll coverage or be so aware of Devante gave him plenty of opportunities, which he took advantage of in green Bay for the most part, especially later in his time in green Bay. But yeah, it's uh, it's just, a, I think, a question for me of what kind of team you want to have. I think the idea that Brian had heading into last year, and I talked about it with 
him on the Shameless Packers podcast that week before we all went to London. You know, the idea being that you have a more complete team, that you're not always dependent on your offense. I get that. I I like the idea of being able to win a number of different ways, win with defense on occasion. Like, I'm down with it. The defense just didn't carry their end of the bargain for much of the kind of first half of the year. I think they got better as the year went on. I think they certainly turned it around after the bye week. But by then, it was almost too little too late. Um, so I don't know about, you know, where the Packers value that position group, right? I think they've identified, especially when you look at their draft trends, there are premier position positions for them, whether that's defensive line, offensive tackle, cornerback, sometimes maybe safety. Um, but yeah, wide receiver, we all know the the drill when it comes to not having taken a wide receiver in the first round for X number of years. Although they did try last year. They tried to trade up into the last pick of the first round. The Vikings didn't want to give them the fifth round option on whoever they took. So then they got the first pick in the next day because the Vikings had that pick. And they were like, okay, we'll give you the selection, but now it's the second round. Even though it's one pick later, now it's the second round, and you won't have that fifth-year option. So, you know, they, they've at least shown that if the guy is someone they consider special, which clearly, given what Gutekunst gave up to go up and get Christian Watson, clearly they thought, you know, he had a bright future. Um, I think they they've just said, you know, that shows me that, yeah, no, they're not going to kind of, quote-unquote, overvalue wide receivers. But if there's a special guy, someone who they think has a super high ceiling, they're not, you know, they're not loathe to or averse to giving up assets or paying whatever is necessary to go get the guy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bill, thanks to the Super Chat. Sources telling me a deal with Denver fell through last year because Rodgers felt that Hackett needed to spend a year learning to be a good scapegoat. <laughs> That's funny, Bill. That's funny. It's funny when everyone, anybody starts talking about having sources, I always kind of clench up and like, oh, God. But I understand that was a joke. Well done. Well done indeed. Uh, we got Admiral. What's up, man? Admiral Ben. Hey, Nags. Hope you're well. Do you think we should add more experienced player to the offensive line or just get more experience with what we have? I tell you what, man, that is a great question. That is something that I kind of wrestle with, right? Because I know they've spent a lot of draft capital along the offensive line. Now, much of that has been, you know, day three guys, but there have been a few, you know, you got the Sean Ryan thing is just suspect at this point. Like the fact that they utilized a day two pick on the kid and then he ended up with, you know, not playing, basically was inactive all year and then got suspended for six games to end the season. It's like, man, that's a rough start to a kid's career. But um, I don't think you can give up on the young man. I don't think you can give up on any of these guys in general. But man, if if that last game didn't tell you anything, it was, you know, they got to have not only a great starting five, which everyone wants, of course, but you got to have a little bit more depth so that at the you know slightest sign of trouble, your offense doesn't absolutely kind of fall apart. You know, 
Um, and I know, look, and I know Nyman was playing through a shoulder injury. Um, I think Runyon and Jenkins both had rough games. I think Runyon probably had his worst game of the year. Josh Myers, he's suspect. I mean, he does not play well in that game or very consistently throughout the season. So when you're asking, like, do I think they should get more experienced players? Yeah, I think some of it is you got to let these guys grow, right? Josh Myers, I think, is the weakest kind of you know tenured dude as far as they've got to improve not only across the board, but certainly along the interior at the center position. Maybe they run Elton there. Maybe they have some kind of a competition where they have Elton, Zach, Tom, and Josh Myers all battling it out. Um, I would be surprised if they spent much money in free agency, simply because of their cap situation. It would not surprise me in the draft if certain positions fall in certain ways, and then the value is there at 15 or later in the draft on day two or three, where, okay, they pull the trigger on an offensive lineman even high in the draft because the value is so good um, in the draft kind of slot, right? But I think there's there's no question in my mind they've got to improve there. I wouldn't mind it if they brought in some experience, but I'd be surprised if that was their MO. This just hasn't been throughout Brian's tenure. It hasn't been, obviously, Ted, et cetera, all going back a ways. So I'm, I'm not going to say never say never, you know, but um, I think the guys they have have to play better, especially down the stretch. Thirsty Beach. Nags, what's your favorite part of the offseason? The combine. I love the combine. I see everyone from around the league, both on the media side, on the team side, the league side. Everyone's in the indie for a week, and it's just a great time to reconnect with people. Agents are all there. Marketing people are all there. It's just awesome. It's just a great, great week of kind of networking and just learning stuff, hearing from people, seeing old friends that you haven't really seen for a year. Um, and you learn a lot. I mean, I. I talked to tons of people on the Packers staff, personnel and coaching. Talked to tons of people from around the league. I talked to tons of agents. So, yeah, combine, definitely. Vex, what's up, man? Thanks for Super Chat. Packers really couldn't find some nickels in the couch cushions to pay MVS. Like I said, they chose to kind of keep that defense together. They, They traded Adams away. They got that cap relief. Clearly, they got the two picks, but they also gained a bunch of cap space, and they utilized that on keeping Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. You know how I feel, man. I thought they should keep MVS. And then probably comes down to the question of which one of those defensive players do you let go? I don't know, man. That's tough. That's tough. And it's easy to sit here after the season and say, oh, well, you know, maybe those two guys didn't play up to the expectation. I mean, Devondre missed some time, a long stretch due to injury. You know, Rasul was probably playing out of position to start the year. So, like, those are all kind of context pieces that you're like, okay, given all that, yeah, I'd probably move one of them to get MVS. But heading into this season, I understood both of those choices. Again, in the context of I want a more complete team, I want a team that can win in different ways, and that's probably why Brian went the way he went. But, yeah, MVS would have helped, no doubt. Travis, thanks for Super Chat. Last year, it seems like fans were put into two categories, Rodgers fans and Packers fans. Do you see that again this year? Travis, it really just depends on how you consume media. That's all it is. That is literally all it is. And the more this goes on, the more off seasons we have where it's will he or won't he, where it's, you know, what are the Packers going to do? What are the Packers and Aaron Rodgers going to do? It's all about how you consume media. 
I mean, are there Packers fans who, you know, adore Aaron Rodgers and want to do anything to keep him? Yeah, of course. I understand that, right? You guys know where my, you know, position is. I, I think it was time to move on last year. I think it's time to move on now. But if the Packers don't do that, I'm not going to be, well, I'm not going to be completely upset. I'm going to be a little disappointed, but I'm going to 100%, you know, root for the Packers, meaning I'm going to be rooting for Aaron Rodgers because they're he'll be their quarterback, right? But yeah, if you see online, if you go and look at these arguments online, especially on Twitter, which is where it all happens usually, um, yeah, people do kind of cape up for one side or the other, and it gets contentious, and it's so boring. I think to me, I think someone on my Twitter feed, I think it was Friday, like had screenshot like this argument between two fans, one of whom I actually kind of know. Um, but it was all about, you know, Rogers versus moving on. And I just said, you know, actually, the, and the example they gave was pretty tame comparative to other shit I've seen out there. And look, man, it is so easy to just keep scrolling. It's not going to affect your life. You don't need to defend one side or the other. Like, we all get a platform to talk about what we want. But, man, at the end of the day, none of it means anything. It's all hot air. Brian Gutekunst and the Green Bay Packers are going to do whatever the hell they need or think is best to do for the Green Bay Packers, including either bringing Aaron back or letting him walk or trading him or whatever. Like, everything else on Twitter is just so much nonsense. So, like, while I appreciate the passion, obviously I do. Like, we create content around the Green Bay Packers here at Cheesehead TV, and this is a big component, a big talking point, a big narrative throughout the offseason. So I understand it, man. I understand the interest. I understand that people are passionate about it. But myself, Aaron Nagler, I just don't care, man. Like, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't feed anything. It doesn't move anything forward. So are there fans that kind of fall into those categories? Probably. But, man, just keep scrolling. Like, legit, just keep scrolling, and I promise you, your day will be fine. In fact, I promise you, your entire off-season will be fine. That's just me. Andrew, thanks for the Super Chat. One game away from the darkness, thanks for the daily therapy. <laughs> what it could have, should have kept MBS. Also, what happened with Olive's dog? LOL, go pack. Andrew, what's funny is that Olive's dog um, has been close to happening a couple times this season. But uh, she keeps pointing back to a video that we did, actually, when she crashed this here daily chat um, two years ago, where she said, and she did say it, like, I had forgotten this, but she said she didn't want a dog anymore. She wants a cat. So now we've been arguing about getting a cat because I'm allergic. So that'd be fun if I got a cat. So, yeah, intense negotiations is how that's worked out. John. What's going on, man? Thanks for the super chat. Remember, like ten months ago, when Nags was big on Sky Moore, kid's going to be a stud. Also, thoughts on officiating the fourth quarter of that game? Ooh, baby, the uh, the officiating, man. Look, some of it's questionable. I'll admit the fact that the uh, <laughs> the Chiefs got a fifth and nine to try and convert on, which they did via penalty, was hilarious. But man, bad officiating happens, and you got to overcome it. And the great teams do. That, like that's as simple as I can put it, because everybody's watched a game where some team gets jobbed or some player gets jobbed because of some horrible call. But like, I've seen Cincinnati fans talking about like missed holding calls. There were one or two, but that's literally every football game. But they're also complaining about the, the 
intentional grounding call, which was the right call. He threw it at a lineman's foot, and everyone's like, oh, but the running back's like five feet further away. Like, I don't – like, he literally threw it into the dirt in front of a lineman's foot. Stop. Just stop. You know? Like, that's just the game, man. Like, talk to me after you've had the fail Mary happen, all right? Then we can talk about, like, officiating problems. You know? I just – I got – it does not move me. Um, As far as Sky Moore, yeah, I love that kid. He was my favorite receiver in last year's draft. Uh, Bill, thanks for the super chat. Source is telling me a deal with Denver fell through. I got that one. Thank you, Bill. Uh, what else we got? A bunch of super chats here. Justin, thanks for the super chat. Sucks as a Green Bay fan to watch Casey's run cause that should have been us the last decade. Whether 12 or the organization is to blame is whatever. It's just sad. Yeah, Justin, hold on a second now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Kansas City hasn't won any more Super Bowls than the Packers have yet. They've been to one more. But just think of the 2014 game against the Seahawks is the year the Packers should have been in the Super Bowl if Brandon Bostic does his job. So that's two Super Bowls they've been to. They won one, and they lost one. Well, we don't know. Now they're in the third Super Bowl, and we'll see if they win a championship. And, you know, it's uh, – I understand, but – Look, there are a boatload of fans out there who would love their team to have the run, quote-unquote, from basically Ron Wolf's arrival in the early 90s to now. They would love to be on that. Like this steady, consistent winner that is almost always a championship contender. Eh, No, 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 no. They don't win every year and they don't, you know, dominate every year. No, of course not. No team really does. But you know, a consistent team, always in the mix. You could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse. And I'm not saying entitled town. I'm not saying any of that nonsense. I'm just saying. Don't always like, yearn for whatever kind of... Everybody five, eight years ago was, oh, God, I wish we were the Patriots. Now we get, oh, I wish we were the Chiefs. Man, you're the Green Bay fucking Packers. Embrace that. Enjoy it. Love it. Marinate in it. Get the winningest team in the history of the league. More championships than anybody else. Those are facts. Wear it. Wear it like a badge of honor. Because that's what it is. Uh, Carl, thanks to Super Chat. I know folks like to use run it back with this team, but we aren't running anywhere if we aren't consistent, fundamentally sound. We have the talent. Yeah, Carl, it's just consistency for me. Like I, You're right about fundamentals, but it's just consistency and taking the easy W's. Not making things as hard as possible on the easy shit. I mean, the uh, jet sweep to Alan Lazard on fourth and inches in your own end is a perfect example of making shit way harder than it needs to be. So in a quarterback sneak, which by the way, they did later in the game successfully. Or give it to A.J. Dillon, you know, the big fucker in the backfield. Give him a head of steam, let him plow over somebody. Am I bitter? Maybe. Brian, thanks for the super chat. Ran into Nick Perry at Whole Foods in Michigan yesterday. His son rocking a Packer hat, still carrying the G. Man, Nick Perry is fascinating to me. The fact that he got paid, right, in Green Bay, decent pass rusher, was never an all-star or anything like that, but a really solid year. And, yeah, he played hurt, and he played with the club, all those things. And then he got cut by the Packers and never signed with anyone ever again. Like, that's bizarre, man. And he was legit. Like, he could still play. It was just a 
salary cap thing, right? But then he was just done. That's always going to be weird to me. Good to hear his uh, son's carrying the G. That's awesome. Stanley, thanks for Super Chat. Steve Wilkes says PGC? Passing game coordinator? I'd love it, though. I th- I'd be surprised if he would accept that position. But maybe. I mean, I'm all, I'm all in on the idea. Am I excited for the Pro Bowl? Um, I think it'll be fun. I'm not like crazy appointment viewing or anything like that. But, you know, the game had certainly run its course and was boring beyond belief. Although tons of people watched it every year still. But, yeah, I, I'm excited for something new. Have a little fun. Let the guys, you know, have a good time. I mean, they're <coughs> they're all there to have a good time and put on a show for Vegas and everyone watching at home. I'm all in on the on the dodgeball. I'm excited for the dodgeball. That's that's where I'm at. Um, all right, everybody. I'm gonna have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a huge favor and hit like on this video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV. We are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go pack, go. Yeah.